0: class guests, fascinating stories, inspiring messages. Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork and today we're going to be talking about various aspects of parenting, including teaching sex education to our children. I'm delighted to welcome special guest Mandy Nuttall. Mandy was a collegiate volleyball player and volleyball coach. She taught high school health is a mother of five children and the author of the birthday suit book yearly guides to easily teach children ages one to nine about their body and sex and more you can reach mandy at her website thebirthdaysuitbooks.com and i'll include a link in the description welcome mandy i'm so glad that you could join with me today
1: thank you thank you so much for having me
0: i am so excited to be talking about this and before we get into the books i would love to hear a little bit more about your story and a little bit about parenting, because you have five children, but I know they did not come easily. I read no. through your bio that you had five miscarriages, that you have had four DNCs, that you have had lots and lots of experiences and lots of issues. And also that after the birth of your twins, then you created the your photography project. I forgot what it was called. Um, my Beauty Campaign. My Beauty Campaign to help women to feel beautiful. So there's a lot about about loving our bodies, accepting our bodies, being able to um, appreciate changes in things. So I would love to just start with, with your story. So tell me yeah, about
1: absolutely
0: becoming a mom. So
1: I, I was an athlete growing up. I was a volleyball player, and I, I went and played um, at BYU, <laughs> actually. I played volleyball there and was always very um, in awe of what our bodies were capable of. Um, As far as like, you know, progressing physically, um, I studied health education. I loved learning about it because it was fascinating. Like we just see the outside and we talk to people, but what is going on constantly on the inside is really incredible when you learn about it. So I loved learning. And then actually I was after I had my second, I'd already had uh, three miscarriages, uh, actually three before our first, and that was really, really difficult just never felt I would ever be able to be blessed with children. Um, And then uh, we had our son, it it was great. Then we were able to have our second pretty easily. Um, But after I had our second daughter, goodness, I was like, who am I? (laughs) I had, I I looked different. I mean, I used to be really strong. I, my abs completely separated and left a a gaping hole. I just, I, I really struggled with well, okay, I did that. Now, who am I now? And that's when I started my beauty campaign. And that was, I was working as a photographer as my husband was going through school. And um, I, I went through this weird process where I needed headshots and I was terrified. And I know that every single woman can relate to this. So when she needs to get headshots, she's like, I don't want to get, I don't want to get all vulnerable and how the camera you will know, capture everything I don't like about myself. Like I was really struggling with that. Especially as a photographer, because I was on the other side of the camera all the time. So I went through this process of, you know, taking some time for me. I went and got my hair done. I got my makeup done. Like, I was going through a lot of mental work. Like, I need to be okay with this. This is, it's just a photo of me. And throughout that process, I experienced a really incredible transformation. Um, Before I even saw my photos, I was like, you know what, this is me. I'm gonna love these no matter what i look like and i it was a lot of personal work but that transformation that i went through i wanted to share it with other women and getting into that vulnerable space and then seeing photos of yourself afterwards and this i had an incredible experience and so i recreated it and i marketed that to women and i marketed it to the photographers and i um was able to bless a lot of women's lives and it was a, a very powerful movement and then number three came along, we had our third child, and then that I wasn't able to focus on that as much, and then my husband graduated, well, I was getting about to graduate, sorry, was about to graduate, and, um, and then the twins just completely rocked our world. <laughs> that was, we were not planning on having five kids at all. Um, again, we struggled getting to that point, but it was really hard when we found out that there we were two in there because... I was like, what? I had five miscarriages and now, bam, twins? Like, I emotionally cannot handle this. And um, I honestly went through the stages of grief. I'm not going to lie when we found out that we had twins. Yeah, I was, I felt very overwhelmed and I didn't feel like I was capable of doing something this hard. And let me tell you, it has been really, really hard. Um, But at the same time, Such a blessing. Those little two are such a blessing. And now they just turned five. And wow, I understand twins are worth it. If you can get to four and five, twins are worth it because they are so fun. So that's a little bit about me.
0: (laughs) That is fantastic. Well, I'm so glad that your family's here and that your children were able to join your family and to be part. And even though it was hard, you can do hard things. But you've always known that you could do hard things. You just didn't know you could do this hard thing because you've been doing lots of other hard things. And speaking of hard things, let's go to 2019, which was a really hard thing. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the year of cancer?
1: Yes. So I was um, 36. I was 36 and I took my son to the dermatologist for some some small thing. And the doctor looked at my head and he was like, you had that looked at I'm like, what, what looked at? And I had a little spot on the top of my uh, forehead on my hairline. That was just a little bit raised and a little bit flaky, but it was like skin colored. It didn't look, it wasn't alarming to me at all. I just thought it was just a funky patch of skin. And he goes, can I do a biopsy right now? And I'm like, really? <laughs> so he does it right then. And then as he was doing it, he's like, um, I see some, another spot can I do one there too? And it was like right on the other side of my forehead. And that one looked completely different. They didn't look related at all. Came back and I had basal cell carcinoma in two giant spots on my forehead. And um, I had to have Mo surgery where they took out the size of a quarter in two different spots. And I looked like Frankenstein. It was, it was very, very traumatic. I'd had a lot of like, aunts and uncles who are about, you know, 70, some are 80. And like, look, I just had one of those. and My husband had 10 on his back. And I'm like, I'm 36 and it's on my face. Two giant, huge three inch scars on my face. Like, okay, I I get you, but this was really traumatic for me. So the day that I got my stitches out, um, we found out that our two-year-old daughter twin um, had retinoblastoma, that she had cancer in her eye. And I was I was really struggling with, you know, what I was going through. And then this happened and I was like, whoa, okay, that's irrelevant to what I'm going to be facing here. And um, that little sweetheart, she's gone through so much. She, I think it was in the space of a year and a half, she's been sedated 22 times as she's gone through exams and chemo. And um, the most incredible form of chemo, I have to say, like she didn't have to go through systemic chemo. This just sounds science fiction. Are you ready for this? Tell me. They would go in through her artery in her leg, up through her heart, up through her brain, and release the chemo directly into the globe of, of her eye, through her, her artery into her eye, so that the chemo wow. only affected just her eye. And she did that four times. And it just, but um, she is an absolute miracle every time that we go in. And this is a whole nother story. Every time we go into the doctor, he's like, he has to say the word remarkable because he's not supposed to say miracle. But he says, I cannot believe this is the same eye. She went from being blind. She went from having a huge tumor in her eye um, to now there's just this dead tumor in there. And she can now see. And wow. it's just an absolute miracle what she has been through. Um, but that year, yeah, at the same time, my, my meniscus and my knee, became detached and there was floating chunks and my knee locked up and I couldn't even walk. So like I had to have surgery on my knee that year. That year was really tough. So when 2020 came and people were like, this is the hardest year, I'm like,
0: you this no isn't as bad idea. as last year. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is not as bad. I can do this.
0: <laughs> it really puts things into perspective, doesn't it? Cancer versus COVID. Um, yeah. it, it makes things very, I don't know. It, yeah, it puts things in perspective. Cancer in a child.
1: Something. Cancer in a child is... Really, yes. Perspective. I have a sign behind me that we have all over our home. Since then, is every day is a gift. Every day that we have is truly a gift.
0: That's we, we
1: definitely believe that.
0: And she's cancer-free. Everything is okay.
1: They can't say that. We go in every three months, and we have to check for many, many more years and until the rest of her life. Yeah, we have to constantly check for new growth.
0: Wow. Okay, that's huge. Well, I'm yeah. glad that she is okay this day. This, this, day, this gave, today. this beautiful yeah. gift of today. I'm glad she's okay. Thank you. Wow. Okay. Well, let's go now into your books of the Birthday Suit Series. We've been talking about lots of hard things. You've dealt with lots of hard things. One hard part of being a parent is being able to teach our children the things that they need to know. And one of the aspects that they need to be able to understand is about their bodies and about sex and it's really important that parents have the opportunity to be the one to to begin with that teaching now you taught high school um health right is that how you kind of got the idea that maybe maybe high school is is too late we need to talk about this a little bit sooner what what made you decide that this was something that needed needed to take place
1: yeah um yeah i did i taught high school health and i loved it but I had no idea so many of them were clueless. Like, honestly, there were many kids who thought, you know, had, boys had no idea girls had three openings to her body between her legs. Um, boys even thought they had bones in their penis. Like, simple, simple anatomical concepts, these kids were, were completely unaware. Um, some of them were, but most of them were not. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Let me ask you a question. First of all, I interviewed 126 parents through the process of writing this book. And I'm going to ask you a question. How many, what percentage of parents do you think never talked about their body with their parents? Like never had zero talks. What percentage would you say?
0: Um, Probably half.
1: Oh, that's okay. Well, luckily it's less than that. Luckily it's about one in four never even had a conversation. However, At the same time, only 21% of the parents that I interviewed felt that they were educated well. Only 21%. And that's just devastating that we are not, I mean, the generation before us did not teach our kids about their bodies. It just breaks my heart. So I saw this need. And when I was teaching my high school kids, I said, you guys, I'm going to teach my kids. I actually brought my little three-month-old because right before I retired, I... Um, I brought my little three-month-old in and I said, you guys, I'm going to teach him and he's going to know about his body and he's going to understand it and he's going to respect it. And so I was very adamant from the very beginning that I was going to educate them. And as I was doing it over the years, I'd had friends ask, like, you always seem so excited about teaching this. Like, how are you excited? What are you going to say? How do I do this? And I was asked that many times. And so I'm like, you know what? I need to help some parents out. I am going to write a book on how to do this. And so this book, I've had this idea for years and years, and I'm finally been able to do it now that the twins are a little bit older. But the birthday suit book one, um, for ages one through nine, is just an incredible resource for parents. Like an entire curriculum, a lesson plan, to make it so easy. To say this, do this, do this activity. Like the whole thing is completely laid out. There's no prep work. There's beautiful pictures that represent real anatomy not like bubble cartoon characters or like weird fluffy stuff it's just real and it's done in a in a very simple simple way so that children can learn to respect and understand their bodies and the parents can feel confident to actually do it
0: that is huge and this is book 1 there's book 2 that's coming out or maybe already yeah. is out by now for for the older the older kids
1: for ages 10 through 18 yeah that'll be in a few more months most likely at the very very beginning of 2022 um but book one is lessons one through nine the first lesson is for parents uh to help prep the parents for what's going to happen because we're not going to be teaching our one-year-olds about their body not yet but you know two through nine is an is like a sit down lesson we have our birthday suit talk with our kids every year so we have a reminder like a birthday it's a pretty big reminder for a parent that it's time to have that year's birthday suit talk. So it just helps them stay on track, uh, helps them stay consistent, and uh, have that quality one-on-one time talk with their kids every year.
0: And I think once you start a dialogue, and it's not a scary thing, I think kids often respond to the way that their parents behave as much as the words that they say. If it's, ah I'm terrified and I don't want to talk about this then kids think oh this is scary this is bad this is something that if I want to learn anything don't go to mom because she will freak out I need to go talk to my friend who's six or whatever exactly because they're not going to freak out on me they're going to be able to just be calm and and just say whatever it is that they think which is probably wrong but at least they're not scared when they're doing it
1: Oh, they're so uneducated and you might think, Oh, I you know maybe my kids, they probably know if you have to, if you ever even wonder, do they know? You need to go and teach your child right now. <laughs> like if you're ever wondering, like, I wonder how much they know or what have they been taught? Like this is your job. This is our job as parents. This is not our friends or a social media app or, or who knows who else? That's not their job to teach your child. That's yours. So, um, as a as a teacher, I have I have many stories. Can I share a funny story? Just oh, to I rep- love funny show stories. How these kids really were clueless. So I had one kid, and he was very um, affectionate with his girlfriend. To you know, to make that sound very watered down, they would always make out in front of my class. That was like their place, and they were extremely physical. So I knew this kid um, was probably behind closed doors, much more physical with his girlfriend, but he always had very interesting questions in class, especially in this sex ed unit. And there was one time we were talking about ovulation and how once a month a girl releases an egg. Well, I saw him back there and his, you could just see the wheels turning and he just like slowly started raising his hand and he looked so confused. And so I call on him and I'm like, this is going to be good. What's he going to say? And he goes, okay, so a girl releases an egg, you know, just one once a month. Is that Is that like a chicken? I'm like, oh my gosh, this kid! (laughs) This kid honestly thought that his girlfriend squats down once a month and lays an egg. (laughs) Like, there's, I mean, there's just things like that that we really should know and understand about our bodies, especially you know, males should understand about females, so they can respect what we go through even more, and you know, and have you know that admiration for us because yeah, we do a lot of hard work here. But yeah, they just did not know. And they don't know a lot of the details. And you cannot respect what you don't understand. You can't. So it's so important to teach them true anatomy and physiology. And that, in turn, can lead to talking about the sex conversation so much more comfortably.
0: Wow. Yeah, you're right. There is a need. And this was in high school, not even junior high, right, that you're teaching and they're having these kind of questions. Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, it's a good thing that there is high school health as a little bit of a backup, but I do think that it's parents' responsibility, and that we get to teach not only the um, how how things work, but also be able to include, I believe, a, an aspect of morality of of you know this is that sex has a price tag, so, you know, so yeah. that there are there are there are consequences because if you just watch the movies, there are no consequences whatsoever. And yeah. uh, real life actually has consequences. So it's very helpful to be able to be the one to be able to talk and to explain and to be able to um, be a part of that, part of that yeah. conversation, a part of that scenario. So,
1: But if you want to have that conversation where they're really listening to you as a source of truth, you have to have that foundation where you can talk about and say the word sex and not be nervous and scared. Like you have to have that foundation if you want to build up to the morality issues, to the your family values. And I teach in this in this whole process how to do this with parents. And we overcomplicate it so much because when we hear the word sex, like we are flooded with you know emotions, intimacy, our past history, any trauma that we've had. Um, that's what we think about when we hear the word sex, and that's not what we're teaching to these little kids and these young minds, we are teaching the physiology and the core purpose. So let me ask you a question. I'll put you on the spot again. Okay. If I were to say, what is the core purpose of sex? What would you say?
0: The core purpose. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would say it's multifaceted. One is it's for, for me, it is a part of my marriage relationship. And it's also how we procreate and make children. So it's not only one or the other, because we certainly have had um, relations more often than I have children or we'd have a very bad relationship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was a beautiful answer. Now to a young child, they don't need the relationship marriage aspects first. They need the core purpose which what you said is the process of creating life. If you approach teaching sex there first, this is your foundation. Remember, we're not giving all the details. If you approach that first, then it's exciting to teach about the creation of life. It's exciting to teach about DNA and where the DNA comes from and, you know, conception and how fertilization and all of that without talking about where anatomy goes, you know, penetration, anything like that, just talking about um, the process of a baby growing and then pregnancy and delivery. So I approach this, you teach all of that before you even talk about what penetration is. So when you do teach that, which is the goal is to teach it at lesson nine when they're nine years old. They have this wealth of knowledge and it makes sense and it's and they understand why. Because if you just start with, oh, the penis goes in the vagina and that's sex. Like, no, they, they don't understand why it seems awkward, like this is really weird. And then it leads to other things like experimenting and, and things like that. But it's all about just working with the core. And then as they get older, then you can start adding things into when it's appropriate um, the morality issues, what are our family values, what do we expect of you, you know, things like that.
0: That's excellent. I think most, uh, if you're reading a book or, or following a, a guideline, that is exactly where they would begin, is that, uh, again, if we're, if we're learning from the movies or from whatever, that's not where it begins. So no, it depends no. on, on your, your focus of, of where it is you want to start. So yeah. Excellent. Well, that's wonderful. Well, I appreciate people who come put the effort into creating a guide to make it easy, because this is a challenging topic for a lot of people. Because like you mentioned, as we're talking about parents who haven't been really taught, we usually, um, we teach what we've been taught. And if there has to be a change in what we teach versus what we were taught, it's very helpful to have someone be able to step in and say, here's a guidebook, here's something that you can do to read and talk about this and to work through this. So thank you yeah. for this resource that you've provided.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When, when I was searching for things that I wanted to use before I had this idea to teach my kids, there was, there, I mean, there are some great resources out there. A lot of them was like, here's a huge bundle of resources, now sort through it, take what you need, organize your thoughts. And I, I still, it wasn't simple. And so what I've tried to do is to create, first of all, something that is um, basic and not biased, doesn't have too much information, you know, teaching someone else's ideas, but it just has the facts. And then I leave space for the parents to add in their own family values and they add in what this should or shouldn't be done, or they add in their their opinion on circumcision or they add in those things. And it's not, uh, I'm not trying to push any agenda or religious or political opinions. Like I give just the facts and then the families can customize it to their own beliefs. So a lot of the things that I also saw when I was looking for resources, they just didn't have enough. Like it was very watered down and they didn't have any pictures of anatomy. That's, that's something that's really important to learn is you need to be able to see a photo, on a photo or a, a drawing. And I worked really, really closely with my artist to create these simple pictures of anatomy of a child. Now, if you search child anatomy, that's, it could be a little bit dangerous online, right? Right. And I knew this was, I had to be very, very careful on this. And the pictures that we have um, created, I'm so proud of them. And they represent, you know, kids with all different skin tones, all different looks, you know, and we have red hair and freckles. We have black skin, we have dark brown skin and light skin so that they can see someone that they can relate to that looks like them and uh it's just it's turned out to be absolutely beautiful i just can't wait for people to use this resource
0: well thank you thank you for sharing this resource and i do appreciate that it is is neutral and allows families and parents to be able to um to be able to teach and to be able to include their things and i also really loved how you said when you were handed just this uh, here here's a bunch of resources go study maybe I don't want to go study all of this stuff to be able to find out what's a, an easy way to be able to present. I would love to be able to just, you know, pick up the book and just start reading and not feel like I had to research first.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is all very, very laid out. Like it's a lesson plan. You just follow it from the beginning to the end and then you have covered all the material for that age. It's just really simple.
0: So is it like one chapter per year kind of a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. One lesson per year.
1: You have it on their birthday. You have their birthday suit talk. They get excited. You have treats. You have a fun activity. And then you guys just sit down and have a great discussion.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for creating that resource. I'm, I'm excited to check it out.
1: Thank you.
0: And thanks for visiting with me today.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: In closing, I'd like to share a quote by author Bob Smith. He said, since most parents are reluctant to talk about sex, schools have tried to fill the gap. In America, when we decide to ignore a subject, our favorite form of denial is to teach it incompetently. Today, I invite parents to courageously and competently teach their children about their bodies and encourage open and honest communication so children feel safe coming to their parents with personal questions. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thank you.